Um, we're going to turn in them to Job chapter 10, continuing in my series in Job. And I tell everyone else to turn this on, I probably should turn it on as well. That'd be really bad of me. All right. Job chapter 10. Um, and we, uh, we might quickly read through the chapter. We'll pray. <coughs> so Job chapter 10, verse 1 says, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, Do not contend me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. It is good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress, shouldest despise the work of thine hands and shine upon the counsel of the wicked. Hast thou eyes of flesh, or seest thou as man seeth? Days as the days of man are thy years as man's years. That thou inquirest after mine iniquity, and searchest after my sin. That thou knowest that I am not wicked, and there is none deliverer out of thine hand. Pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night, Lord, and thank you that we can just gather um, here in this church, Lord, just before your word, and Lord, I should just have your hand upon us all, and just Lord, especially upon me now as I bring your word. Lord, you just um, you'd have your hand upon me, and you just uh, help me to say the things you'd have me to say. Lord, in Jesus' name, Amen. So, I'm slowly we're slowly getting through Job. We've got chapter ten. So, in the previous chapters, uh, sorry, in the previous chapter, so chapter ten is the second part of Job's. Um, already lost it. Job's response to uh, Bildad's questioning of him. Um, in, 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 the fir- in chapter 9, he's in, in that part of the response, he's mostly directed his conversation towards um, his friends there. Um, you know, the, these guys that are meant to be there to help him. Um, now, chapter 10, he sort of changes his, his focus and more changes the, the direction of his conversation um, more, to, more towards God himself. And Joe's argument um, for most of this chapter is that, is that God has given him or made him um, but God was not treating him like one of his own creation. So, you know, after putting the time and effort and, um, into making Job, God destroying him. Now, furthermore, God was judging Job without even telling him what the charges were against him. So in verse 2, I will say unto God, Do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou tendest with me. You know, it's no wonder Job was weary and confused. You know, he was in, on trial, uh, in the trial of his life, um, you know, he had received some counsel from his so-called friends. Um, however, their their thinking was off. You know, their basic thought um, was that if you obeyed God, good things happened to you. If you disobeyed God, bad things happened to you. You know, therefore, using this ideology, sorry, this theology, it was quite easy to determine how someone was living. Job was in trouble. Job was having strife. Job must have sinned. And that's basically the premise for his friend's, his friend's conversation against him. Now, it's funny, this kind of thinking hasn't gone away. This type of thinking can still be found in churches today where they believe that good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Yeah, I'm sure, there's a few parents, I'm sure um, that all the parents here tonight and anyone who really deals with kids regularly would probably have heard the kids say very enjoyable phrases. You know, things like, are we there yet? What are you doing? 
You know, but there's one phrase that is not always so enjoyable. That is the one, why? Now, I'm sure you know this one. Well, they ask why after every sentence. Everything you say, why? Okay. Sometimes you get really frustrated um, when they do it. And it's really hard to just say, because, you know, just that answer to that question, why? You know, and kids will generally grow out of this. But don't we as ourselves as adults also find us asking this question? Maybe not in the direct sense, but even of God. You know, don't we ask, why God, when we do not understand? Why does God allow these difficult things to happen in our lives? Now, why does God tarry longer than we feel he should? And when it just simply doesn't make sense, why God? You know, why is such a simple word, but it creates such tension and turmoil? And this is really what Job is asking here. You know, Job had not committed some secret sin that brought this crushing trial upon himself. And while his friends did not believe him, Job knew that he was innocent of some deep sin against God. And so he was greatly puzzled. You know, as we read through the book, through the, through the, the, the entirety of the book, um, we can observe different swings in his thinking and his responses. You know, at some points he is a rock of faith. Other times he gets very low. He struggles. <clears throat> so I just want to quickly look in tonight in chapter 10 um, with this trial here. This is, this is his, he's talking to God about this, this struggle and he's asking why. He asked in verse 2, Wherefore thou contendest with me? You know, Job has reached the point where he feels like he's being unjustly treated. And he's being judged when he has committed no crime. He knows he's not committed some wretched sin, but that's what he's being of by his friends. And because of this, he cannot find an explanation as to why God is allowing or even causing these terrible things upon him. You know, if you remember Job's initial response back in chapter 1, uh, when it first, it first happens, chapter 1, uh, verse, verse 20 to 22, so this is when um, it first comes upon Job. It says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job's initial response when it first happened was that he worshipped. You know, he gave honour and devotion to God, even though it was such a, a trial. You know, Satan could not have been more defeated at that point. You know, at that moment when Job was stripped of all his blessings, he thought he would curse God, and yet instead of cursing him, he worshipped him. You know, he did not charge God, it says in verse 22. You know, what a defeat of Satan this would have been. You know, we can learn from such an example. But it seems, uh, sorry, but as aware, as his trial begins to continue uh, longer than he thought it would, um, especially when he responded so well initially, that it becomes harder and harder to stand firm and trust in God. You know, 
Now, as this trial continues, it also grows more difficult to live without some kind of explanation as to why. You know, what are you trying to do here? You know, we know that we are to live our lives based on promises and not explanations. But the longer a trial drags on, the more intense our desire grows for an explanation. And that is what is beginning to happen here with Job. You know, in the beginning, he responded phenomenally. And if you're writing a model response, that is how you would write it. He worshipped. But this trial has now gone on for some time and his foundation is beginning to waver. You know, he begins to question God's goodness. He's beginning to question all the things that he has believed. And as he reaches this place and feels so desperate, he needs to know why. You know, promises are no longer cutting it for him. So it's God to show him wherefore thou comest with me. And don't we sometimes think that we have the right to know? You know, that's the way we think in our culture today, that we have the right to know. You know, do our children have the right to know when we tell them what they need to do? Or what they need, what they have to do? They they do, but they don't. Now, you may choose to tell them you have the right to do that, but it doesn't change the fact that they don't need to know sometimes. Same as if someone in the military is given an order um, by a commanding officer, he doesn't stop and go, but why? He's explored those orders. Could you imagine a football player calling a timeout in order to ask the coach to explain why he has called a certain play? It just wouldn't happen. <coughs> you know, when it, concern, when it becomes concerning to God, so when it concerns God, even more so, this is true. So Job does not, um, Job seeks an explanation from God, yet he doesn't require one. Now the interesting fact is <coughs> that it is not, it, sorry, not only was it not Job's right to have an explanation or to know why, to know why, but it was kind of critical that he not know why this was happening to him. It was critical for him not to understand why he was going through this. You know, what would have happened if he had known what he had know, what we know as the result of reading the first two chapters of Job? What would have happened if he had known that this was a test between God and Satan? What would have happened if he knew that God was allowing this to answer or silence Satan's accusations that mankind would not worship God if he allowed them to suffer? And by giving good things to them and preventing bad things, he in essence paid them off to worship him. And that was basically Satan's accusation. You know, Job could not understand what God was doing and it was important that he not understand. Had Job known that God was using him as a weapon to defeat Satan, he could have simply sat and waited trustfully for the battle to be over. But as Job surveyed himself and his situation, he asked the same question the disciples asked when Mary anointed Jesus' feet. You know, before we can criticise Job too severely, think about how many times we have asked that same question of ourselves when something bad happens. You know, when a family member passes away or a young person is killed in an accident when they had so much potential, you know, don't we ask ourselves why or what a waste? <coughs> 
you know, Job was bankrupt and sick, and all he could give to the Lord was his suffering by faith. But that was just what God wanted to silence the devil. Now, this was the whole premise behind Satan's argument, was it not? You are not a God worthy of worship. You have to pay people to honour you. You know, according to Satan's thinking, self-service is the fundamental law of life. Now, he cannot imagine anyone serving God from, from other than a selfish reason. To him, every human act can be explained by a selfish motive. You know, the opening chapters of Job explain Satan as the first great behaviorist argument for his argument was that Job was conditioned to love God. You know, take away all his awards and blessings and his privileges and his faith will crumble and disintegrate. So one of the reasons why God allows godly to suffer is to answer the accusations of Satan and that man will honour and worship God even though he has lost everything, even though he knows God allowed it to happen. He will worship God because of who God is. You know, it is so important for us to comprehend this truth. Witness to declare, not just before the people, <coughs> um, but before God. You know, it's a lot bigger than sometimes we imagine. So what would have happened if Job had known? Job had known? It would have completely nullified the whole test. And Satan could have completely and justifiably continued with his accusation. You know, if Job had known why he would not have had his ideas about God, sorry, if, God, if Job had known why, he would, have not, sorry, he would not have had his ideas about God changed and enlarged. He may, he may have even slipped into the same thinking as his friends. Now, so many times we look at things through human eyes and we think, what a waste. Now, this is what Job thought. <coughs> Several times throughout this book, he asked, why was I ever born? Now, once again, in this chapter, we look at verses 18 and 19 in chapter 10, saying, wherefore, then hast thou brought me forth out of the womb, O that I had given up the ghost, and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. You know, so as Job surveyed his situation, he thought his life was a waste. It did not make sense, and in his thinking, he would have been better off had he not been born. So many times throughout history, <coughs> men have passed and been considered a waste. You know, um, men like... I can never get this guy's name. William Wittang. William Borden, sorry. He died in Egypt in 1930 while on his way to a mission field. Now, some people have even why this waste? A man who was going to serve God. But his story is used, the story of his brief life is used to challenge people to give Christ their all. Now, five missionaries were martyred in, ex martyred in Ecuador, the hands of the Indians, and called this a tragic waste of manpower. But God thought differently, and the story of those five heroes of the faith been ministering to churches ever since. Now we, we could go on. There's so many stories, books written even, about those given up their lives or given all, while others stood on the sidelines and said, what a waste. 
You know, Job asked, why was I born? In of his losses and his personal suffering, it all seemed such a waste. You know, God knew what he was doing when then, what he's doing now. You know, how many of you are glad Job was born? Have you ever considered your own lives and used Job as an example? Okay. This is the point I'm trying to make. And do you realize that sometimes it is important, in fact, essential, that we do not know why? That we do not have an explanation for the things God does? Yeah, it is true. You do not need to know. And it's also true. You do not have the right to know. But sometimes, maybe sometimes, it is imperative that you do not know why that you are not given an explanation. You know, to see that in Job's case, if he had known why, then it would have been a waste. Not the other way around. It was imperative and necessary and critical that he not know why. You know, you can even take a look at other Bible characters and observe how this principle was true in their lives as well. It was not something unique just to Job. You think about Joseph for one example. Do you think he would have developed that godly character if he had known in the beginning what the end would be? It was imperative that he not know why all those unjust things happened to him. Now, do you think any of these things God is allowing you to go through personally or professionally fit into that, this category? Now, are these things happening to you, to your family um, right now? That is absolutely critical for you not to know why, to not have an explanation. You know, could that be very possible in your life now? That the scenario of Job is being out in your life, your ministry. You see, Job's time is past, he is gone. You know, it's our time, and we're the ones being called to answer Satan's accusations. You and I do not know what is behind the scenes. And God does not usually pull back the curtain as he does here with here in Job, and allow us to see. You, know, you see, the Bible says that faith is impossible to please God. Does it not then make sense that God is going to allow things to happen to test increase our faith? And one of the best to increase your faith is through allowing some trials to touch your life without any explanation as to why. You know, it, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes we face some of the hardest things, but the knowledge that God is using this to help grow in our faith should help us pass through it. You know, so stand firm and on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own standing or the lack of it. Allow him to use you to declare to the world how worthy he is of devotion and worship. Now, Job asked, why was I born? In the light of his losses and his personal suffering, it all seemed such a waste. But God knew what he was doing there, and he knows what he's doing in our lives today. Now, James chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience, that patience can be translated endurance, of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord. And the Lord is very, and the Lord is very pitiful and, pitiful and of tender mercy. If you had told that to Job, he might not have believed it. But it was true as it is true in our lives today. 